What's the latest, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the In the Paint Show presented by Ball is Life. Ronnie Flores will be calling in shortly um, from Las Vegas, Nevada, back at his homestead. Again, as always, we want nothing to do with what he's doing out there. Um, but what we do have is a special guest host, the same guy who covered for Ronnie last time he was lazy and didn't want to come back to SoCal, Matty Kovac. Matt, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. Thank you again for uh, having me. Thank you for thinking highly enough of me to bring me in here. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Kovac just is laying it thank, on thick this thank morning. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Ronnie. But, uh, <laughs> Matt, before we get into... Uh, SB206, which just went ballistic on Twitter yesterday. After sure did. I'm still learning about yeah, it. Yeah, you're still learning about it, and we want to get your kind of initial reactions and thoughts on that. Um, and then we'll go into the Hoos by Uglin Fall High School Showcase, which <laughs> happened on Saturday at Colony High School. We're going to get some themes, thoughts, uh, standout players, things like that. And Ronnie's going to bring kind of a, a uh, national kind of scope to it on how, you know, which which teams may you know kind of make that fab 50 that he does every year so but before that ronnie i mean uh, ronnie <laughs> it's just <laughs> freudian slip just human nature maddie before that my fiance was shocked at how long you can stay <laughs> how how do you do that i i don't know i i just I, and it's funny like people always tell me like at the end of the day hey, you had a long day and it's like i get i guess i did but it just it never feels like it because I'm standing, I'm tweeting, I'm talking, coaches come over, and it's just, I don't know, time goes fast, it's always fun, um, especially this past Saturday, because you had such a variety of teams and coaches, and then some college coaches trickled in, you had AAU people run, run programs, oh, yeah, you, had, yeah. you had Comp the Magic, you had Prodigy, you had Cali Rebels, I mean, it Julius was just, v. yeah, I mean, it was just, Julius V was there too, I mean, it was just really cool to see all those people, and, and again, time just flies, Yeah. the only thing I don't like about it is, you know, I, my neck is still recovering. I'm going back and forth yeah. to each side, and I'm trying to to get every team and, and help everybody out. And I miss stuff, you know. And that's that's the only part I hate is you know when I'm I'm gonna miss stuff with all the things that I do. I'm gonna miss. And oh, I, and one thing you missed was Lamont Butler's yeah, uh, transition kind of poster dunk, and they that hurt that family and Yancey Dotson they and Coach Rose. I probably me. gave you some <laughs> heat for that. That was pretty funny. That one. Hurt. That was a good moment. That, that was a. Uh, I mean, great moment for Lamont. You know, you try to get help everyone, but Lamont's such an awesome kid. Right. You wanna you wanna get that for him. And um yeah, that one that one stung. That one just I mean, Yancey gave it to me at the end of the game. And you know what? Rightfully so. I deserve that one. That so one. to give you guys a background on how long Matt stood for on Saturday <laughs> at Colony High School. So he I think you got there what like eight thirty? Yeah, eight thirty ish. Eight thirty right before the nine yeah. o'clock game. Yeah, I was there, yeah. And then yeah. you posted up in the in that corner. Between the two courts at like, yeah, I had a great spot. Yeah. You had a great spot. Great spot. And you literally stood there <laughs> the entire day. Well, I had support from the wall behind me. You so did. I mean, you yeah. leaned against the wall a little bit, but you yeah. stood there the entire day. And the last game started at seven, ended at what, like eight twenty, around that time. I thought a little earlier. I, I think you a little were, earlier. Yeah, it was moving really well. Okay, it, it was moving really well. Yeah, maybe maybe eight ten. So this dude stood from <laughs> eight thirty to. 830 I guess, it was like 12 hours was it 12 hours <laughs> pretty much and then like the next day give me give me uh the next day were you sore like no sore? I, I just i i feel great i mean I, so I went weird. i went swimming the next day i mean i just <laughs> i don't know I, I just you know maybe it's the coach left in me that i just like to stand and and kind of you know move around side to side but i, I gotta stand i don't know it, it's just it's a once in a while i can i can sit if there's a good spot like 
last year at the Sonora tournament. You yeah. know, there's a nice spot where I can. That get is a couple... true. You did sit at the. Yeah, Sonora I did. Yeah, I mean, I'll have my days where I'll sit, but I mean, I don't know. It just time goes fast. It's a lot of fun, and I don't really even think about it. And she, I mean, my fiance was sitting there putting wristbands on people. What a trooper! <laughs> and like, she was like dead. <laughs> like she was falling asleep, standing up, literally, at before the last game started. And I was, she was like, "How does, how does Matt?" How does he do that? Like I sat all day and I was tired. <laughs> uh, maybe it's because I'm running around and you know. Yeah, well, you had a lot. You had a lot more to do than put I out did. any fires. There were, there were limited fires, but yeah, I think put so. on put on put out any fires that, that may happen. But again, um, your your stamina, your standing stamina <laughs> is something to be um, cherished. It's something to <laughs> be uh, enshrined in some kind of hall of fame. I'm not sure we have that. We should do a Guinness Book of World Records, the longest standing human <laughs> being on earth. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank yeah, you for that. Yeah, so we're gonna actually going to call in Ronnie here right now. Give me one second. Flores is... Uh, dude, I'm not sure what he's doing. Charity work in Las Vegas. Chari- chari- I'm not sure what the charity work is. Uh, here we go. Ronnie, are you there? Hey, guys, how you doing? Good morning. We, just, we were just talking about how long Kovac is able to stand. <laughs> like, he stood from like 8.30 to 8.30 on Saturday in one spot. Yeah. One spot. He's uh, the Tom Konchowski of the West Coast. <laughs> Tom Konchowski does the same thing. Sometimes he does that in the middle of the court. You know, he's just just kind of evaluating and scouting. It's pretty incredible. But yeah, uh, he takes the cake on that. <laughs> so Ronnie, uh, Ronnie, you're in. Really, uh, you're you're really there. Yeah, you're in Vegas. Um, hanging out. You know, checking on your house, making sure everything's kosher. Um, but something happened yesterday that we've been talking about the last, you know, month, month and a half. Uh, Gavin Newsom, California's governor, um, signed into law the uh, SB 206, which is the California's Fair Pay to Play Act. The funny thing is, on his tweet that he put out of signing it, he said the Fair Play to Pay Act. So he didn't even know what 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 the actual name of it was. Um <laughs> That's pretty funny. It is, but he he did it on LeBron's. Uh, I guess it's his show called The Shop, which is hosted on uh, uninterrupted platform. And Ronnie, what are your initial thoughts there um, of of Gavin doing it on that platform? Yeah, my initial thoughts is first of all, I think I'm not surprised that he signed it or that he, you know, it was a gesture to sign it or what whatever he did on the show. Um, I'm not. Uh, either surprise that he did it on the show either um, because, you know, if you look at people with stature in California or any other state, whether it's public figures or politicians, and sometimes that's one and the same, obviously, um, you know, they're, they're in essence using each other. So LeBron may have grandier ideas to bring credibility to himself as a young, you know, man and entrepreneur. If he's, you know, conversing and, and, and making a, a some kind of historic note with young people, and this mostly applies to young people, obviously, because it's college age athletes. Um, you know that that looks good for him. And then on the flip side, for the governor, who's kind of, kind of comes off as a young guy who has a future, a bigger future in politics than mm-hmm. maybe even being a governor. Mm-hmm. That he would obviously want to be aligned with somebody like LeBron James because <laughs> everybody under thirty years old knows follows and generally likes lebron james so to answer your question it's it, it wasn't too surprising maybe some of the little commentary they had was they could have got more into the semantics and details of what is actually was signed 
but again, that will uh, come out in the in the weeks and months to follow as people learn more about it. Because I, I just don't think people know the details. I, I would have liked it for them, whether it was him, Diana Taurasi, Rich Paul, whoever it is up there that knows the most. Is like <laughs> say that it's going in law in January twenty three. Right, right. That like just the basics. You know what I mean? So. That was my my take to that. Yeah, and I mean, anyone who wants to know those, uh, you know, details can tune into episode thirty one of the In the Paint Show. Just go on our uh, SoundCloud uh, platform, and you can find episode thirty one really easily. And we go into detail al- along with that with uh, Ramogi Huma, who's the exec- executive director of NCPA now. Who kind of, I mean, he's been working on this, Ronnie, for the last twenty to twenty five years uh, behind the yes. scenes trying to get these things done. So. Um, and I know Ramogi was, you know, too busy, obviously, to to come on today. But um, give us a little bit, uh, give you know people who didn't listen to episode thirty one, Ronnie, a little bit of a background on what Ramogi did to help this bill get to this point. Yeah, uh, no problem. Obviously, you know, Ramogi is my age. Um, he's a class of ninety five guy. Went to UCLA in the in the late nineties, and and. I guess, you know, he had probably bigger ideas. He was pretty, as you know from listening to that episode and talking to him, he's very articulate and very well-spoken and, and did some homework on this, obviously. So he saw what happened to his, some of some of the athletes that were going to the professional ranks. And, you know, one of his teammates got suspended, and he, he just didn't think it was right. Mm-hmm. So he got his good friend and, and teammate, Ryan Rokes, who played at Canyon Springs and Moreno Valley, a defensive back at UCLA, Hey man, we need to do something about this. So they started they started recruiting other athletes around campus, and I think the initial reaction was like, "We're gonna support you because you're our homies, you're our buddies, you're our teammate." You right, know what I mean? Right. And then it's like, okay, explain what you're doing, and then the other athletes on campus started getting it. So then he finished college, and he realized, okay, my doors are not open. It's just like we're talking about the. The LeBron wants certain doors open, or the governor wants certain doors open. So they're helping each other. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with Mrogi. He needed to reach out to groups that will open some doors and get people to to, to listen to him. You know what I mean? So uh, he was, was uh, at the time I was with student sports when I was finished with college, and he was there. And, and, and our boss Andy Bark knew the plight. Andy. Um, the founder of the Lead 11, founder of the Nike football training camps, uh, played college football for Cal and understood what Ramogi was going through from both sides a bit. You know, he's a little older. He played in the early 80s. So okay. he, was, he was glad to help him, you know, give him office space, um, do whatever he needed to do. Carte Blanche, you know, come in the office whenever he needed to, a reference point, whatever he needed. So I know he's appreciative of that. I know we didn't get into that that much in episode uh, 31 so uh he got like a i think he got um some kind of union and whether it was the farmers i exactly forget exactly what he which one he told us but a union got behind him and that started opening his doors if he can connect with them or use them as you know as backing or somebody he can refer to then people started listening to him more right you know and then he got other colleges involved and then other people got informed of, of that age and of college age and, and knew what he was trying to do. So, again, when when we hear all this paid the players, <laughs> back then, it, this this bill wouldn't have passed back then. Because no, yeah, people yeah. wouldn't have 
understand it and things progress. So right. Ramogi was smart and somebody either advised him or maybe he got tuned into law, California laws, like things progress and take a long time. So he needed to lobby, he needed to get organizations behind him. And then he got uh, to able to speak to people that were able to, you know, to make laws happen. Like, because obviously we've heard the Tim Tebow's uh, another talking hits talk about it, but like Ramogi said, great, that sounds great. You know, me and you can talk about it, Devin, and Tim Tebow too, but like, if, if lawmakers don't understand it and don't get behind, you don't really have any teeth. Right. And speaking of not speaking of not understanding it, um, as yeah. soon as that video dropped, it seemed like every single you know person, whether it's somebody who uh, is supposed to know what they're talking about, or yeah. just some random person who doesn't you know read or doesn't pay attention or doesn't try and dig for further details, or somebody who once you know just sees it and thinks like, oh, this is schools paying college players. Uh, that Correct. shouldn't happen. That's not what it is. Um, so quick, de- quick details. What it is is, um, and it's not going to take effect until 2023. So there's plenty of time for you know whether it's you know California the NCAA to uh, work things out and work out a different deal um, or work out a deal that encompasses the entire country. Um, it's that uh, college athletes have the ability to earn income on their name, image, and likeness, meaning they can go to a car dealership on a Saturday or Sunday, sign autographs and get paid for it. Or they can be like Zion Williamson could have had a shoe deal at Duke, um, got paid by Nike or Adidas or Puma or New Balance or Skechers or uh, Heelys or uh, (laughs) what other shoe company is there? Vans or uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, like it's overkill. Jordan, like he, he signed with Jordan, you know, when he declared for the NBA draft. Zion Williamson could could have made money because he was an athlete who was marketable at Duke. But under current NCAA guidelines, that is not possible. And Matt Kovac, you're you're admittedly not 100% caught up on what SB 206 is all about and all the intricacies and everything it's gone through. But what are your initial thoughts on, you know, in three years, a college athlete in California being able to go to um, uh, Keys on Van Nuys and make some money, uh, pocket money or whatever for signing an autograph, whether it's USC's quarterback or USC's kicker or UCLA's second stream kicker. I mean, I think it's great, but there's just, I mean, at least there's three years till this can kick in, but I mean, there's so many, I don't know. There's so many things that happen off the field and off the court. And then like, how is that going to tie in or how does that get involved? Or do we still look a blind eye to that stuff? Quote unquote. So, I mean, I'm still reading up on it, but I mean, from what I've seen, like, basically, if these guys want to have, like, a YouTube channel. Sure. Yep. You know, and you know, YouTube, you, you crank, you make money. Yeah. So, I mean, let's say, you know, there's, we know a lot of players who have personality. The end of a game, at the end of, you know, a college football game, they get to get on their channel and, and talk about the game. Sure. And interact with, you know. Fans. Yeah. And yeah. And, views and ads. Absolutely. So, I mean, like, things like that, I think, you know, down, down the road, if that can happen, I, I think that's great. For sure. Ronnie. Um. I mean, you're obviously, you know, up to date with this, but how would you go about uh, explaining or kind of giving background to somebody who, you know, like the people on Twitter who think like, oh, this is going to ruin college (laughs) athletics. What is your, I think I saw Doug Gottlieb say, this is the beginning of the end of college athletics. I mean, what's your response to that? Well, I would say bigger point, unless you work for the NCAA or 
you have some vested interest, I, I mean, NCA doesn't have anything if it doesn't have school members and does and the schools don't have much use for the NCA if there's no student athletes performing. So if the NCA changes or goes away, there's still going to be college sports. Yeah. So I, I don't even know what the difference is <laughs> if the NCA goes away. Why like why can't UCLA sign its own own media deal? Sure. Broadcast deal. So sure. I, I don't get that bigger. I think people are just used to what they've always grown up and seen. Scared of change. But yeah, you know, here's a couple things with this bill. What happened with the other cases and obviously the O'Bannon cases is big. Is it led up to this? So without the O'Bannon case, there may not be momentum to pass this law. So even though people say, okay, the, the O'Bannon, basically what happened was, you know, um, people say, oh, there he's that the NCAA 2A game is now not available because of him <laughs> and other people using his image and likeness. Okay, but that led to this. So, like we said before, Ramogi worked on it and his group worked on it all the way leading up to this. And there's two main points that I want to make about that is there's a reason why they're smart. They're pretty smart people. They knew the NCAA's re- what the NCAA's retort was going to be. And they said, let's put it in 2023. Why? So other states can get involved. Mm-hmm. They, didn't, they didn't say it's going to pass tomorrow. They said it's going to pass in 2023. Why? Because they know other states are going to pass similar laws by then. And then the NCAA will have no choice. They can't say, well, we're going to ban all the schools from postseason and NCAA championships. It won't matter because every almost every state will be on board or leaning to that. So that's one. And then the, the second point I wanted to make was that the NCA is an organization, like you said, people are scared to change, Devin. They had the opportunity to, over time to say, hey, we see that the world is changing. We see that the market is changing. People understand their rights more. We want to be proactive. This is the 21st century. They could have implemented some of this already and done it on their terms, and people like Ramogi's group and others would have been okay with that. They yeah. would have worked with them. Right. Now it's being forced on them and they have no choice. Right. So they're not going to get maybe the terms they want. So that's, if you reflect back on it, I understand what Doug and other people are trying to say. Maybe it's a shock to the system, but they've had, they've already been studies on this. They've had years and years to get this right. Okay, you don't want to play in the sandbox? It's going to be forced on you. So I think that's um, my initial reaction to what some of the some of the larger media members are saying it's going to ruin college athletics. And okay, it wouldn't have been ruined if you would have put in some laws 30 years ago or, or some bylines to get this moving in the direction that it was going to move whether you did it or not. Right. Like, like all you need to do is kind of just, you know, uh, keep up with the times, see that, yeah. you know, social media and branding and um, sure. YouTube and things like that, people are able to, uh, you know, monetize their personalities or monetize uh, their following. Like, like Lamella Ball has, you know, three point seven or four million followers, right? Why shouldn't Correct. Why shouldn't he be able to make money off of people who are interested in his his life or off, whether it's off the court or on the court? Um, it's like again, the NCAA has owned these people's image and likeness and name for the last, however, since the you know. Uh, existence since it came into existence, right? Uh, yeah, since we came on TV, yeah. since the NCAA grew power because 
of the power of television. Right. So now it's another type of power, like you said, social media, and the athletes or the people around them are savvy enough to know, hey, wait a minute, we're not getting any piece of this revenue stream. We're already not getting a piece of the television revenue stream. Right. We're not getting a piece of the concession revenue stream. So now it's another revenue stream that we're creating that, you know, directly. Because some of the other things are not direct. You know, there's some argument that, you know, Reggie Bush is part of his popularity because he plays running back for USC and not for the San Diego uh, semi-pro Condors. You understand? So I, <laughs> yeah. I understand that, that point of view. So, um, yeah, they, if they would have, to your point, Devin, if they would have just did some simple amendments and moved into a more progressive way where kids have the opportunity to do what non-athletes, non-student athletes do, they, I think there wouldn't be this much blowback. So instead, they're going to blow it out of the water. And legally, they're going to have no recourse to change it. Yeah, so. yeah, and that I want to throw something to Matt real quick. Matt, why do you think the NCAA really hasn't kept up with the times and kind of mold, like advanced their archaic you know, rules system uh, to meet what is happening nowadays? I think just tunnel vision. Okay. Just like, I mean, it's, it's something they've always done. They're used to it. There's really no need to consider what's going on the outside because we're, we are doing really well. Our little circle's okay. doing really well. So, I mean, you know, I think they're just so set in their ways. Right, right. How do you, I mean, Ryan, how, how, how do, now they're being, like you said, they're being forced out of their ways. Yeah. Is that is that kind of how it's, how this has gone down instead of them just, you know, uh, uh, taking the initiative and, and doing it themselves? Yeah, I, I think it, like you said, um, you know, law is, somebody's law, you can't, you know, you can't hold somebody legally accountable and, you know, that's the way to do it if, um, you know, if you can't do it another way, you can't, you know, lawfully keep some of these, what we call normal freedoms and abilities from other citizens away from them. So you have chances to, to do that. Uh, again, there is going to be some, there's going to have to be some adjustments. You know, you're going to, you know, let's say uh, Alabama football or, you know, a Duke basketball, who's to say that? Some booster's not going to give Maddie Kovac or Zion Williamson, uh, you know, a plus job or a plus, uh, I should say, a plus, you know, endorsement income for doing nothing. So there has to be some kind of, there's going to be some kind of adjustment. Or let's say an athlete doesn't have both parents in the home or doesn't have educated uh, guardians or something like that, and he, he signs a scrupulous deal from an unsavvy guy who's trying to get his money and he signs over 40% of his earnings. You know, there's going to have to be some kind of checks and balances. So I think the NCAA ultimately is going to have to spend more money to make sure the athletes are uh, protected from those who may be coming after them or the families of those athletes are going to have to uh, do that or it's going to have to be some some kind of in the terms of their scholarship who they, you know, um, some limitations or some, Maybe they're going to have their own groups on campus say, hey, do you guys, uh, you know, want to uh, maybe sign an endorsement deal with a car dealership or something? Please, you know, use our, our system or use our sign off with some kind of um, person that's been assigned to the school or to the conference. Yeah. You know, somebody to help them navigate so they don't sign with the guy. Oh, I'm a lawyer and the guy's a, a career crook. Right. A, scr- you know a scumbag. Right. Yeah. yeah I think. Like, in other words, if LaMelo Ball doesn't have his dad 
let's say his dad worked a nine to five and his dad worked at Walmart. <laughs> right? Lavar at Walmart. That right? is hilarious. And then, and then Alan came up to UCLA and was like, hey, Jello and Mello, we'd love to have you as a um, you know client. There should be some kind of checks and balances, whether through the school or through the scholarship that could help him be like, whoa, you know, do a background check or there's got to be some kind of, or else it's going to get out of hand. Yeah, I think what I think kind of what I see happening is is athletic departments literally having like a legal department or a legal person right. in place to represent like yeah, re- represent these these kids who are marketable. And I mean, I guess that opens up a, a, a job for, you know, somebody else. So that's that's another positive with this. Um, it's it's going to open up some, some jobs. It's going to yeah. piss some people off, but it's going to be take some time, just like anything else, like, you know, laws regarding Megan's law, uh, laws regarding let's not go there let's not go to megan's law i don't want to talk that that's a downer yeah but it takes what i'm saying is yeah (laughs) yeah get these things going and how you know whether it's um you know uh you know kids and people used to be uh, kids would be abducted and stuff like that all the time then we now we got signs on the freeway to help to track down you know cars and things like that it's the same thing with this it's going to take time there's probably going to be some mistakes made but then eventually People will understand, you know, um, how to do it. And like you said, it, it won't always be the Zion Williamson's or the Mellow Balls. The backup kicker might be a kick-ass guitar player. Right, or piano player. Funny. He yeah. might be a comedian. We yeah. don't know. We've seen that. I've seen that on football teams. I've seen that on basketball teams. We all have. So you just don't know how it's going to portray. The, the great example, obviously, is the UCLA girls gymnast. Yeah. She would have caught lightning in the bottle. She would have made some good money in the last six months. And, and she was, you know, wasn't afforded that opportunity, and she's not going to sign a a hundred million dollar deal like LeBron James did no. out of high school. She, you know, so she needs that. Right. If she had that opportunity, I, I don't see how people could see that she shouldn't be afforded that starting in 2023. I just don't see how you can fight that and make a great argument against. Right. And again, like you said, there's plenty of time um, to, you know, work out, iron all the wrinkles, work out all the details. Because it doesn't take effect for three years, um, so let's let's segue on into some on the court basketball at the Hoops by Oogland Fall High School Showcase at Colony High School. For all intents and purposes, Maddie, how did you think it went for me? Uh, honestly, not just because I'm here and uh, I'm sitting in front of you, but <laughs> I, I, for me, I thought it went really, really well. I mean, you had outstanding matchups. You had a power program like Rancho Christian. You had established programs like a Sonora, Riverside Poly. You had every a team from almost every part of Southern California. You had a Valley team. You had a city team. Mm-hmm. You had IE teams, OC teams, San Gabriel Valley teams. Um, and, and I think every team got in there and just with the matchups that they were in, they got something out of it. Mm-hmm. Like a Murrieta Mesa playing a Trinity League team, playing right. playing Servite. Beckman playing, you know, Rancho Verde is rebuilding, but they're playing that culture that Rancho Verde has that right. Beckman might not see, you know, in out the PCL. There. In yeah. The, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I had a great time. I, I thought it went really well. Ronnie, do you agree? Yeah, I, I you got to look to, uh, you know, from the team perspective, it was terrific in terms of seeing a different, um, you know, group of of teams from various portions or of the of the SoCal basin and, and, and beyond. So that was good to see teams from various locales. Obviously, um, you know, some of the better teams and, and obviously the matchup that people are gonna be memorying 
and 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 talking about and it's going to be memorable as we hit the season on November 18th is Colony versus Birmingham. Yeah, that was know, a fun game. Teams, yeah, teams that are going to be in the playoffs in their respective sections and that you know Colony are they you know it's, it gives a good gauge to see can they maybe battle for one of those eight open southern section open spots and obviously Birmingham will will likely be in the LA City Open and yep. it looks like they're you know how do they stack up with the top four teams in the in the city which being you know Westchester Fairfax Taft you know, Birmingham and Taft yeah. yeah so you know those two teams are in the same league and and those other two teams are in the Western League so right. they're in the same league so it's going to be you know how the seating is going it looks like Birmingham has a chance you know they've won a city title under coach James Halleck so you know, they, they're in the mix. They're obviously, I think, um, you know, Ed Azam has done a tremendous job there at Westchester. And, and you got to pencil them in as one of the favorites, regardless of their personnel at this point. And, and that game showed that, you know, Colonies is no joke when it comes to, you know, battling for one of those six, seven, or eight seeds in, in the um, Southern Section Open. Obviously, they'll, they'll go in the pool, but to get one of the favorable draws, you know, they got the addition of, you know, the young kid who's now on the team, Kylan Boswell, the freshman from, mm-hmm. from Illinois. And, and Fred Burton, you know, I think he gives him a shot, a jolt, because he's a senior. He's tough, strong. He's been in some games. He has a lot of experience. And, you know, Fred just has that. Uh, he do whatever he needs to take. From what I got from the two games, he'll do what is never necessary to help the team. Right. They have plenty of guards. So he can still handle the ball as he did when he played for Capital Christian and some of his travel teams, or he could bang a little bit, do some of the dirty work, get a good rebound, play good defense. Now, obviously, um, Fred hit a, a 40-foot shot to win the game. Um, and, but Fred also played good defense in their other game. Yeah. Um, I think he forced a bad shot at the last minute on an opponent. So he's going to give them a lot. And obviously, uh, Boswell is, you know, there's not more than two or three freshmen around the state better than him. So right. uh, it was overall was excellent to see that from a standpoint. Obviously, you know, Evan Mobley had his wow moment and had another good game. And, you know, we saw Evan at with his team at the Ron Massey Fall Showcase. And it kind of showed there in this, this um, event as well, the Hoops by Subling Fall Showcase showed that you know, Rancho Christian may not have any fall off from last year. You know, it's just a matter of where they're going to be in the Fab 50 that's going to come out next month. You know, um, do they deserve to be the, you know, the second best team in California? Are they the third best team? You know, if you would have asked me before these two events, I would say maybe, maybe they deserve to be in it. Maybe they're the fourth best. But I think they've shown that even though Isaiah Mobley's graduated, that the guards are a lot better. Mm-hmm. They're going to use They're going to use Evan more. And, uh, you know, Evan is, you know, there's not a, but one, he's one of the top two, top two players in the country, basically in terms of helping a, a high school team. So th- that, that was all good to see. And, um, you know, it was also good to see, uh, Beckman, you know, enjoyed watching them a little bit, uh, Anaheim Canyon with their two new big men, you know, they, they yep. that was a good matchup to see what they can do. They, 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 they gave Evan a little resistance and then, um, Rancho Christian pulled away. Um, it was also good to see 
you know, uh, Riverside Hillcrest, they have a couple good players that could possibly play on the next level. Mm -hmm. And uh, Santa Clarita Christian, you know, they, yeah, they're they good came team. out like came out like gangbusters in one game, and then Riverside Poly had an excellent showing against them. So they gave a good showing across the board of, you know, nationally ranked teams, teams that want to fight for a, a good favorable position in the playoffs and, and some new faces that maybe we hadn't seen. Ronnie, I know you got some Fab 50 work to do for the drop was the next week. Um, so we're going to let you get out of here. Thanks for, for calling in from Vegas, man. Okay. Thanks, David. Th yep. Thanks, man. You guys appreciate it. Matt, Ronnie brings up a good point. It's like Rancho Christian. Let's start with them, and then we'll go into other teams that we saw that you know maybe we weren't aware of and, and kind of stood out. But Rancho Christian might be just as good, if not maybe better, than last year. Why do you think that is? Um, well, first of all, props to them. Just one for, of course, coming out to your showcase. Yeah, yeah. But everyone showing up and everyone playing. Mm -hmm. I mean, if yeah. Evan Mobley sat out a game, you know, we'd understand. Right. You know, what, I mean, what do you got to play for? You're, you're pretty much set and you're heading SC, but he played both. He played long minutes. They all, I mean, they all played. So, I mean, I, I thought that was really cool to see. Um, but yeah, just their perimeter play, like Ronnie said, um, just the, we're, I mean, as good as Evan has been the last couple of years, we're going to see something different, I think, from him just because yeah. his role is bigger. The court's a little more spread. It's a little more open. And I mean, his, his take baseline, the Connie Hawkins, yeah, yeah, Gervin. I mean, everyone was kind of scratching their heads. Wait, what was that? That actually just happened? Yeah. Yeah. You know, was that a travel? Um, a guy like I did not see before, Jace Catchings. Yeah, he just transferred in from Missouri. Okay. And and that's yeah. and that's the thing where Ronnie brings up is like we saw a guy, there's a handful of guys that we'll touch on that I, I didn't see. But, um, you know, and then there's just that step that, you know, a, a older player takes when you become, you're a junior and becoming a senior. You just automatically, there's just that extra confidence you're going to get. Um, you know, you get from Bryson Stevens. Yep. Um, Luke Turner is going to be a year older, and then of course Jaden Byers. And um, but I, I agree. I mean, they're 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 going to be interesting to see because everyone's in a different spot on the floor, and their approach is going to be a little different than it has been the last two years. Right. And I think um, the difference this year is Evans getting a lot more touches mm -hmm. in the paint mm -hmm. um, that aren't manufactured by him. The guards are learning how to post-entry pass, get yes. Evan the ball, look yes. for Evan. If it's a high ball screen, don't come off and immediately just be looking to, you know, force your way into two guys and, mm. you know, force up a layup or hit like shoot like a, a bad contested pull-up jumper. There's a lot more patience with that Rancho Christian offense in the half court. Um, Jaden Byers is kind of one of the biggest keys to that mm. because Jaden Byers is one of the most athletic people you'll ever see. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's like he's like five ten, five eleven. But, I mean, he explodes like a cannon in, in transition. And a lot of times, last year or the year before, he got himself into trouble. Um, whether it was, you know, driving into traffic and, and turning the ball over or, you know, taking a bad shot. But he's, he's grown up a lot over the last year uh, from what I've seen. And Bryson Stevens is, you know, the same, in the same boat. They're I both agree. extremely athletic. Uh, Bryson's probably a little more powerful of an athlete than Jaden. Um, but they're both... Uh, really coming into age, you know, learning how to actually play the game, which is opening the floor for Evan and Jace Catchings. I mean, he was a, he was like a, a top five leading scorer in the state of Missouri last year. Yeah, see, I, I'm learning that right now. Yeah, and you, you I'm add, like, who's that guy? Yeah, you <laughs> add, yeah, he played on the UIBL circuit for Brad Bill Elite. Okay, um, started for them, and you add him into it, and he's he's just a grinder. Like he guards, 
He's a big time rebounder. He looked really comfortable out there. Another guy too, Dominic Harris. I forgot. Of Dominic, course, yeah, do, yeah, yeah. That's, that's without saying. And uh, just a couple of his decisions that he might have not made last year, two years ago, that he did this year. Just seeing the floor a little more, like he had a great skip to Luke Turner for a wide open three. Right. So just little things like that as they translate into the season. Yeah, and so they're they're in that second to third best team in in Southern California or in the state, really. Um, as expected, when you have the number one player in the country and Evan Mobley. <laughs> Um, let's go back to the beginning, Matt. For morning games, those games were probably the most intense of the day. To be honest with you, uh, Eastvale Roosevelt and Birmingham had the nine o'clock in the morning game, and the officials were not ready for that. <laughs> I wasn't ready for it. Those dudes were just going at each other, and that's what you get from teams coached by Nick Halleck and teams coached by Steve Singleton. I, I I completely agree. Like just that matchup, that was one of the. I mean, all these matchups jumped out in a certain way, but that one right there, it's like that's a nine a.m. game, but it's not going to feel like one. I mean, it was. I mean, both of these coaches have their guys always ready to compete, and and both teams really got after it. Um, just watching Burn, just. Just the energy. I mean, yeah, there were some moments where it's, you know, a little sloppy here, a little sloppy there. But one, is September. And two, um, the energy always makes up for the airs. Yeah. Like, the, the airs are not as glaring when the energy's there and they're just, they continue to fire back at each other. I mean, the tempo of that game was, was really good and really fun to be part of. And in that game, I mean, Birmingham lost on two buzzer beaters uh, yeah. that day. Uh, G Little. Uh, is G a junior? G is a junior, yes. Yeah, junior, uh, Eastville Roosevelt. Uh, they drew a nice little like misdirection back screen play for a three. I'm watching it right now on my Twitter. <laughs> uh, yeah, G entered it to CJ Bellamy, and they set a ball screen. CJ Bellamy uh, refused it, and then the screener set another screen for G at the top of the key, and he came off and hit a left wing three. Okay, uh, to win the game, and that was that was a fun moment early in the morning. I mean, the the bench got up and went crazy and. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. That was that was just that was a trip. And the second court, it was Servite against Murrieta Mesa. Yeah, Murrieta Mesa is a team that I don't see very often. I see Servite a lot. Um, to Javis Miller was the player of the game. He's you know uh, one of the most talented sophomore guards in Southern California. Um, but what do you see from Murrieta Mesa that you like, Matt? Um, coach, I hope I don't get his written name right. Bertolfo. Yeah, um, Michael Bertolfo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, Coach. <laughs> yeah, I mean we've talked via social media, and that's another thing I like getting to these events is meeting a coach for a first time, seeing his team for a first time, um, being able to say something nice about his team yes. on social media for the first time. Right. I, you know, I, I really love doing that. Um, he's got a really good group and a team that really competed hard. He's got good guard play. Uh, Singletary, uh, Jelani Williams, uh, Lewis Singletary, I'm sorry, uh, both showed good ability to get to the basket. Um, the guy I really liked was Matthew McIntosh. Six, yeah, big dude. Six four senior, um, just really cool and calm down low. Uh, when he got the ball, whether it was on the block or the wing extended, inside pivot, turn and face, uh, see the floor, uh, played off two feet in the paint, um, just really under control. And again, their energy was good. Um, and just again, that matchup of you know a deep IE team versus a Trinity League team like Servite. And it was just fun to watch and and just good for those teams to just get a different look and a different feel from yeah. you know a different area. Yeah, you get a breakdown of styles. Like you can tell there's there's way different like people bring way different styles from the region that they're in. Yes. It's like like Beckman's gonna play uh, up tempo, uh, you know, heavy guards, mm -hmm. uh kind of finesse but with, with toughness, right? Mm -hmm. But and then Mira de Mesa comes in with like two guys that are, you know, undersized big men who just wanna <laughs> beat you up and you know it's hard to match that physicality um a team that i have you know 
hardly seen is Riverside Hillcrest, and they played in that second game against Gardena Serra, who I see a lot. Coach Jackson Wood. Yeah, Coach Jackson Wood's a great guy. Uh, he's got a great team. They, they play really hard. Um, their best player didn't even play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sebastian Mendoza, who's committed to San Jose State, he didn't play on Saturday, but uh, he had plenty of other guys step up. Uh, Jason Wiltz, um, his brother was Jalen Wiltz, who, who was a good player at Corona Centennial, yes, he right? Was. And uh, uh, they have a seven footer, a freshman, Dennis Evans, who showed some flashes, some abilities. He's really raw and has a long way to go. Uh, but he showed some flashes. Anybody else stand out for you on that team, Matt? Uh, just guys I've seen before on that okay. team. I've seen Coach Coach Wood's team. He does a really good job. And it was good for Mendoza to sit out because I guess he has been playing a lot. And and quick note to all you players, if you're not feeling good, just it's yeah. okay to sit out right, right now because a lot of you guys got a lot of miles on yourself right now. Um, Chris Anderson, their senior guard. Yeah, I like him. Um, just a long – I'm not sure. I think he's a younger senior. Um, still growing into his own. I, I think he can find a spot at the next level just because I think he's still growing and, and – just growing into his body and, and learning his athleticism. But I, I like what him and Keith Hall bring to the Hillcrest. There's just toughness in that backcourt. Uh, they understand what the coach wants to do. Um, and, and again, just a lot of toughness. Um, but yeah, I, I liked Anderson. I liked Hall. And it just, and again, coach Wood does a good job. One of the, one of the teams that maybe some people have not seen or heard much about. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I, that's really what I kind of set out to do is put teams that I've seen against teams that I don't see often enough because mm-hmm. that IE drive is tough for me from, from sunny and cool <laughs> Costa Mesa, right? It's tough. But um, uh, two teams that I see plenty, Rancho Verde and, and Beckman. Uh, Ethan Bozzo is one of those guys from Beckman, undersized five-man, but mm-hmm. skilled, good footwork, plays hard. Uh, and they have an incoming freshman, a 6'5 wing, David Manea, who, um, I mean, he, I think he's going to be their leading scorer. I, mm-hmm. I liked him a lot. And one of the guys who kind of broke out this weekend from from Rancho Verde was Kamani Davis. Yes. You know, he's a 6'2", 6'3", wing guard, uh, just a a beast of a scorer, Mm -hmm. uh, plays tough and physical. What did you see in that game? Uh, Like you said, uh, on on Beckman's side, just how they, again, how they competed. Um, It was a good thing for their coach just to play someone like a Rancho Verde. But, I mean, their backcourt of uh, Shatani and Kim, just just going at it with Verde's backcourt. You know, there was a little little slow start early. They were kind of feeling each other uh-huh. out, you know, jab here, jab there. And then once, you know, late first half, second half got going, they they competed really hard against each other. Um, agree with Kamani Davis, sophomore 6-2. Um, and I'm excited for Coach Baker because just, I mean, as a former coach, it's it's fun when you have talent and things are a little easier where you can just call a play and everything's, it, it's you know, you kind of it kind of runs itself. But when you got to start over and you got a new group and you got to get them acclimated to what you want to do, that's that's coaching right there. That 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 gets me excited right now. Just getting these guys acclimated to what you want to do. So seeing Rancho Verde was, you know, I, they're still working the kinks out, but they're going to be a tough team. There's a team that's a team you don't really want to see in never. January. You never want to see them. Yeah. Ever. And just once they get everything on the same page. But I agree with Kamani Davis, really, uh, really balanced, um, good form on the jumper. Um, he's probably going to be their go to score. Uh, Derek Nettles looks like he's going to slide into that Aaron Thomas role, kind of high post point forward type mm-hmm. thing. Yep. Uh, quarterback in their two guard offense. Um, Jamari Willis also pretty good sophomore six uh, one. Um, so he's, he's got his pieces. Jalen Butler had some good minutes. Jelani Gillard. Um, they all had some good moments to where, you know, it's still early for him and, and especially for these guys, cause they're all new to what coach Baker wants to do. Yeah. But you just, you kind of see where this is going to go within the next two years. Yeah. When they add the football guys that come back yeah, and, and play, yeah, I mean, I forgot about those guys. That, that gets, I mean, Baker said maybe three of them will s- potentially start four of them. will yeah. Big time minutes. Uh, that's just, 
makes it Ranch of already even scarier than they already are. And he's got, you know, three or four freshmen playing up right now. Um, I'm not sure if they'll stay on varsity, but again, that's it's good for them to get that those reps and play teams who have established varsity players. Now we can move over to that Colony Birmingham game <laughs> that just really stole the show. <laughs> 11:30 in the morning game that stole the show. It, it's st- so the the buzzer beater, the game winner from Fred Burton just inside the half court line was kind of the the icing on the cake. And that one moment where there was the one dunk on one side, Jeez. and then I think uh, was it Napper came Napper down and started with a hammer yeah. down the baseline, and jeez, and, and then yeah, uh, was it Nobles? Nobles came back. Nobles came back and threw one down <laughs> on on Denim Jones. Denim Dawson. Denim Dawson. Yeah. Denim Dawson trying to block the shot and then another dunk by Corey Cofield, a junior at Birmingham kind of uh, sent the crowd into a frenzy. That was a really fun moment. Um, but I mean, colony let's, let's go with them. Shout out to coach DeFabius for hosting the event. Yes. Uh, he, he set everything up on Friday in a big time way. Um, and you know, his team is good. They're really good. Like we've talked about Kylan Boswell plenty whether it's on this podcast, on Twitter, this this guy has just old school feel. His game is is so polished and uh, just uh, he's he's uh, skilled beyond his years. And his understanding for the little intricacies of the game and how to get up one up on a on a defender, <laughs> or you know whether it's a pickpocket, a steal, anticipation. That guy is just high level. Brenton Napper, high level. Denim Jones getting Denim Dawson, my bad, getting better mm-hmm. uh, each time out. And Fred Burton adds another layer to to you know he's actually he actually embodies what kind of coach jerry is right toughness and just do everything just, it takes to win yes and, and jerry's very good at doing i mean he he loves to win no there's no doubt about it. he, <laughs> yeah, lo- he, he loves to win he loves to compete and yep. his guys can compete but man he loves that w at the end of the day but i agree i mean just guys like boswell and napper and and nothing against so but just there's sometimes you get kids from out of town and they just compete differently you know, there, and there's Napper's from West Virginia. West Virginia, originally. And, and Boswell, of course, from Illinois. But just there's this, and I've seen it. I've seen I mean, the first time I saw Napper, and this is, you know, some people think I'm nuts when I go to early fall leagues in San Dimas or, mm-hmm. you know, or summer leagues in the OC, mm-hmm. you know. But if I don't go to, I saw Brent Napper the first time in a fall league at San Dimas High School. And it's like, okay, who's this kid? Where does that <laughs> come from? And right? where, is it, where is he from? Um, and that was the same day I saw Denim Dawson also. But just seeing these, like a Napper and a Boswell, just their level, how they compete. And you've seen them at camps, and you've seen them in different spots. And every time I've seen them, their level of, of competing and just getting after it, it never wanes. It's the same thing. Yeah. And if it's just a, a Saturday afternoon at Pango's Soft Frost Camp, Boswell's getting after it. He's hitting the boards. He's, he's competing. Um, I, I think... I've seen them maybe three or four times now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they can be easily be as good as last year, or probably better, just because of their current continuity right now. To okay. where the ball's moving, nobody cares who 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 gets the credit or who, who gets the action. Um, and then, like you guys said, you add a guy like Fred Burton, who's just a, a calming presence. Sure, that they're, they're going to need because he's got a lot of miles on him. Just him being a senior and his AAU time and his time at Capital Christian. I think that's a huge asset to just these young guys to no just in case keep everything cool. But they're, you know, the continuity, just the ball movement that, that continues to roll, that they're going to be really tough. I agree. And it's scary to, to think that they're going to be better than last year because yeah. last year they were in the Division Two state championship game. Yeah. Again, and, <laughs> which they, they, they lost to um, um, Aiden Mahaney's team, which is uh, Campo Lindo. Uh, they had a bad shooting night, very yes. bad shooting yes. night at uh, the Golden One Center in Sacramento. Um, so hopefully they can make another run and, you know, based on what we saw 
uh, this weekend. I don't think that there is any, any doubt that they can make that run. Right. Their opponent that day, Birmingham. Uh, I mean, I mean, Coach Halleck is one of the most fiery guys on the sideline you're awesome. going to find. He's like, he gets it. He's just like Jerry. He gets his guys to compete. It was a fun coaching matchup to watch, really. Um, but again, you start with guys like David Elliott, who's a junior. Uh, Corey Cofield's a junior. James Nobles is a junior, and then you have Elijah Cofield, who uh, is that just kind of energy jumpstart guy who just makes things happen. Mm. Um, and the thing I like about Nick is he lets his guys make mistakes. And he lets them he lets them know about it, but he's not yanking guys. Right. He, let he them, lets allows them, them play to play through. through. It. Right. That's what I liked about him. Uh Elliot's big time shot maker. Cofield does a little bit of everything. Both Cofields do a little bit of everything. Yeah. What'd you like in that game? Um those guys, of course, obvious. I mean, just yeah. the, the improvement of David Elliott as yeah, there's no doubt he can put the ball in the basket, but just kind of seeing things in transition, uh, when to push, when not to push. I mean, they had a they they do some things off the break. Uh, Cofield flashes to the elbow. Elliott makes a nice entry. Mm-hmm. Cofield, in his own right, getting better. Inside pivot, turn square, hit the jumper. Right. So just little things like that. And then guy like Ian Kaguchi, a junior, yeah, no, yeah, he's... comes in, gives good minutes, hits a shot, takes a charge. Yep. I mean, just, just you know, those guys are, are so important and, and so critical for success. So just seeing guys like that. And, and uh, there's another Boland out there. Andrew Boland's out there. Another redhead. What? His, yep. his, Mark, his... Mark Boland. <laughs> yeah. <and her> brother. <laughs> yep. So they're again, like you guys spoke on earlier, they're going to be in really good shape again this season. And the, yeah, they're going to be one of the top three to four teams in the city. Um, just like they were last year, they'll be an o- city open division team. And I mean, here's the thing, man, if they, if they catch fire in, in one of those games and play well, I don't see any, any reason why they can't win Agree. the city section. Nope, the Agree. Easily. Um, now we got Rancho Christian. We've talked plenty about them. We don't mm-hmm. even talk about them. Anaheim Canyon, though. They have an interesting makeup. So one, one of my favorite guys to watch, two of my favorite guys to watch in Orange <laughs> County, Liam Woodrum. What a surprise. Liam Woodrum. <laughs> I, I always have a special spot in my heart for Orange County guys, Matt, because we, we shoot it. Yes. And, you know, um, <laughs> and you shoot it. <laughs> and, and, and we look good doing it. Uh, <laughs> Liam Woodrum. One, you know, one of the quickest guys with the ball you'll ever see. Mm-hmm. He's so fast end to end, and his burst is crazy. You know, big time. He's a he's a big time athlete. Yes. For being a five ten, you know, skinny five ten guard, and then you got Jake Martin, uh, senior six two, good body on him, and he shoots the piss out of it. Jake Martin on the catch. I mean, argue one of the most dangerous options in yeah, Southern California. No, for sure. I mean, that guy just his form is as pure as it gets. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like watching. I like watching Coach Nate Harrison's teams play because they're another team that just competes. They yes. got that North Orange County toughness about them, right? Yep, agree. Uh, but I think a lot of the talk <laughs> that day surrounding Anaheim Canyon were their two seven footers, Doc Moroadar, a seven foot sophomore. I saw him on the club circuit play with Team Why Not's fifteen. So really, I, I, okay. I've seen him. Uh, I knew what he was all about. He's a very he's a very good player. Uh, he's got some ball skills. He can shoot it out to the three-point line, and he's got some post skills too. Mm-hmm. Uh, decent shot blocker. And then we have Dutt Luol, a seven-foot-one freshman. Doc and Dutt. Doc and Dutt. Um, if they're there at four years together or three years together at Canyon, uh, the Crestview League is in for some issues. Yeah, right? Liam Wood- Woodrum is only a junior. Uh, Doc was really impressive to me. That was yeah. the first time I've seen him. And it's funny, you know, you you see bigs, you see them for the first time. Okay, let are they balanced? Okay, let's start with that. Okay, they're getting up and down. They're not, you know, kind of clumsy and, and you know heavy footed or anything. But I mean, to me, just seeing him for the first, this guy was shot out of a cannon. Yeah. I mean, he was ready to play. The first game was against Rancho Christian. A little overwhelmed, but I mean, he competed early against. Absolutely, Evan. he did he compete com- early. He against competed. Evan. You you put us put the score aside. 
and it was just if you go on effort, it was it was an even matchup, and they both really got after it. But just watching Doc from the jump, um, especially on the defensive end, he was in a stance, he was in a balanced stance, he was pointing, he was seeing both, he was talking. I mean, he was in Evan Mobley's face, like he was out there competing and very impressive. I mean, he's left-handed, like you said, he's got some ball skill, he can shoot it a little. Um, the second game that they played against uh, PHX Prep um, had a, had a touch at the elbow, squares up, drive. Drive to his right and then extend with his left yeah. in just one smooth motion, and it's like, oh man. Yeah, he's I got mean, some big time ability. Yes, absolutely, and just you know, and just a sophomore. So I mean, I mean, Harrison always has some good teams, but I mean, to have these guys fall in his lap, it's, I mean, it really elevates um, their chance to compete. Yeah, I spoke to Nate uh, before his second game, and I was like, you know, give me the, the lowdown on these guys. And obviously, I know Doc, um, but he said when Dutt got there, he literally couldn't like catch a pass and turn and finish. Okay. And from what we saw, I mean, that guy's come a long way. If that's true, then again, credit to Canyon and their player development and just getting in there and working with them and, and constantly, you know, again, working with them. But I mean, good job to them and credit to them for doing that because I mean, it, I would have not guessed that he would have been that raw just yeah. watching him on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And Canyon's going to be good. You know, they're always good. Yeah. They're always good. They're always tough. Yeah, yeah, no matter what, they always, they always seem to have one or two guys that are just good at basketball they yes. play hard they're tough um and nate's really fun to watch on the sideline for yes. sure. i like yeah, you had nate a lot coach. of entertaining coaches i did yeah that <laughs> yeah, was, that was another some, thing. i didn't even notice that geez. yeah good programs but man some of these coaches are just really hands-on and really intense and just really have their guys get after it yeah so let's move to a guy who doesn't really fall into that hand like doesn't really fall into the entertaining coach aspect of it but is one of the chillest guys you'll find on the sideline deshaun bryant <laughs> Very he kind of just found valley's head coach deshaun kind of just likes to sit back and and let his guys make the mistakes and then kind of see what's going on uh let them play through it mm -hmm. but then call timeout and calmly you know explain to his guys this is what you're doing wrong this is what we need to fix let's fix it they played Two really tough games. Uh, they beat Riverside Hillcrest by one, mm -hmm. and they lost to Eastvale Roosevelt by eleven. Uh, but again, like they competed in both those games. And Jeremiah Davis, I tell, I, I go to Fountain Valley a lot, whether I'm you know playing pickup with the team, or just <laughs> watching practice, hanging out with them, and trying to help them, you know, get better and guide them through things and, and help them with their games. I always tell Jeremiah, I'm like, dude, you have all the talent in the world. Mm -hmm. Okay the knock on you is you don't play hard enough and you're not always engaged. I thought he played hard and was engaged the entire, the, the bolt in, in both games this weekend. Yeah. And I, th I thought there was, you know, there are a few college coach, like point Loma was there. Our, our buddy, you know, coach, Julius Ju and, Ju yeah. yeah, coach Frost. I mean, so they got their first look, first legit look at him. Um, but yeah, I, I agree when Davis is engaged, he's, you know, he's the best player in the gym. Um, they're young guys, really impressive freshman Elijah Nelson and a uh, Makari Morris. Makari Morris, th yeah. There are there two other guys. We're talking about guys who didn't, you know, blink against competition that was, you know, bigger and better than what they're used to. Yes. And Makari Morris and and Elijah, they didn't blink. They played hard. Makari Morris was picking dudes out like Brandon. He was guarding Brandon <laughs> Port like full court. I'm like, dude, yeah. do you know who that is? That's Brandon Port. That guy is crazy. Is crazy. Um, and I like the way they competed. But yeah, continue. Yeah, uh, Brad Farnsworth had. Oh, I uh, love Brad. Big time shooter. Fred had some good moments, and then just watching uh, Aiden Cazares. Uh, yep. Cazares, just kind of his development as a point guard, and just on the push, seeing the floor, hitting ahead, making the simple play. You know, again, always tough is you know when you're an incoming sophomore and you kind of got the controls of the offense. So again, just watching them get better and and just just that team i mean you watch how they how they improve under coach uh, coach brian and then of course you know 
Yeah. Of course, AJ, and they're just, you know, working with those yeah, guys we, day in and day we're out. We're leaving AJ out of it. <laughs> I was telling the refs, AJ was AJ. Like, literally on the court, like on the court, like, literally like near the three point line on the court while like play was happening on the other side of the, of the floor. Make, and I'm like, making a statement. I told the rest of my two, go tell him to get in his coaching box. He's the assistant coach. He has no business on the court. And like you told him in social media, you know, you control who comes in and comes out. of Right. Your event. I do. Yeah. So I was about to throw AJ out, but yeah, no, I'm just, AJ, AJ does a great job helping, you know, multiple kids around uh, Southern California and, you know, the kids at Fountain Valley as well, mm-hmm. get better skill wise. And um, I, I like his approach and what he's all about. Um, who are we moving to next, Matt? Let's move to Damien. I got the legendary Mike LaDuke into the gym. Yes, you did. Very I don't good. know how I how I pulled that off. Um, I don't know how I pulled that off. Don't underestimate yourself. I don't know. You know? I mean, LeDuke, look at all, look at all these teams and coaches. You know, I don't, you know, you got some pool around he here. He was there. Uh, one of the guys, I mean, we've, we know Austin Cook and Malik Thomas. Right. We, uh, we've, we've talked about them at length, ad nauseum for the last three years. <laughs> um, RJ Smith, he continues to get better, Matt. Uh, yeah, six three. Uh, he's kind of like a guard forward. Does a little bit of everything. I called him on Twitter a Swiss Army knife. Because, Absolutely. I mean, he can rebound, defensive glass, push the break, f- make the right pass. Uh, he can play out of ball screens. He can hit the catch and open catch and shoot jumper. Uh, if he has the lane, he takes it. He can dunk on people or finish through contact. He's just an all around player, and he guards. Yes, I I, I love RJ. A guy like that to me, if they're used correctly in the high school level, are just a luxury. A yeah. guy like him or a Devin Tillis and so on. Yeah. Just someone that you can plug in in every spot, who can probably defend every spot. And like you said, his his jump shot, especially on the catch and shoot, it's progressing. It's you can tell he's in the gym. He's putting in work. Um, I mean, he's he's the glue. I mean, his health and, and just his presence is going to be a huge factor for how Damian does throughout this season. A couple other guys I liked. Uh, Harry Hahn, 6'3", Harry Hahn. sophomore. He's a great frame. Mm-hmm. Um Big time jump shooter, perimeter shooter. I like I like his game a lot. It's got he's getting better. Mm-hmm. Uh, another sophomore, Bradley Z. Bradley Z. Uh, <laughs> really plays with good pace, high IQ. Yes. Doesn't make mistakes. Those are the things that uh, uh, Coach LeDuc looks for in a point guard. A guy who's going to run the system, uh, make the correct pass at the right time, uh, know what's going on, and he does all that. Caleb Smith, another sophomore, he six five. He can shoot it. He can shoot it. At, you know he's a he's a big kind of stretch four. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jimmy Alodakun, uh, incoming freshman, six six. He's Raw, but he plays hard. He got minutes. Uh, he got minutes. He plays hard, and you know he does. You know some of the little things that right now are, are going to get him playing time, which are which is going to be key. And then Jazz Gardner, six nine freshman, he got a little bit of time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but Leduc has has some some young guys coming up the line that show that uh, Damien's going to be a team to be reckoned with for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and I, I'm just a, especially they're they're younger. I mean, Chris Nickelberry's now a junior, and mm-hmm. Bradley Z. But I mean, I've seen these kids grow up. Um, both nice kids, big smiles, especially Bradley. Bradley, I mean, it's like don't smile out there, you know. Show 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 a little uh, toughness. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, just as a passing point guard, Bradley Z. As a, as a underclassman passer, I mean, he's one of the better passers out there. Um, Caleb Smith. He's put in a lot of work. He's trimmed down a little bit, gotten a little lighter in his feet. He could always shoot it, but just you know, a little sluggish side to side. But I mean, he's he's put in work. He's lost some weight. I mean, he's you could tell he's working. He's he's done a good job. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Damian will be right there and and uh, battle for that baseline league. And you know, we'll hear from them in the playoffs. Oh, we will definitely hear from them in the playoffs and the baseline league and at the classic of Damian. Yeah. <laughs> December 26th to the 30th. Make sure you're there. It's going to be a, in, <laughs> gonna the be field a is insane. Cert. It's yeah. 
It's gonna be yeah. You're about to say it's gonna be a circus. Circus, it's yeah. Going I mean, to it's be always a, it's it always be a fun circus. It always draws well, but this 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 season's gonna have this a little be a, more attention. I think it. Sierra Canyon, yeah, Sierra Canyon's in it. Yeah, so, it might be. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's gonna be interesting. So let's talk Gardena Sarah. They're young. Uh, Very young. Coach McCrumby's another guy who's a no nonsense sideline patrol guy. Yes. Like, <laughs> he and the, you know he's he's. Sometimes Dominic Woods didn't play their their best player, senior, right. who's going to be you know a high D two, maybe low D one player at the end of the day. Agree. Um, he didn't play, so the young guys are getting some burn. Jeremy Dent Smith is one of my favorite point guards to watch. I've said this many times. Good player, very good, solid player who does he does everything well. Mm-hmm. Um, Laquan Cole, I'm a, he was at my camp in August. I'm a big time fan fan of his, a freshman. He's another guy who is just uh, energy, all energy. Um, but they're young, Matt. Yeah, they got some work to do. What were your thoughts on Sarah? Uh, just the guys you mentioned. I agree, yeah. and and um, just the fact that and I we saw them a couple weeks ago at um at Cerritos. Yep, for the Massey Classic, and again Woods didn't play then. Um, but he's getting his guys minutes, and he's getting his guys experience, and and like you said, that just the younger guys like a Cole and a, and a Tommy, uh, just his last name, Ad Ad Adesiji, Adesiji, Tommy Adesiji. Sorry, Tommy. Um. But just guys like that, getting them value minutes, valuable yep. minutes, getting them valuable reps, and, and just you know, like you said, Coach McCumbry coaches his guys up, coaches his guys hard, and again, these are situations where it's good for a team like Sarah to get your minutes, get your reps. You know, Woods, you know, stay healthy, get healthy. It's kind of like Hillcrest, you know, yeah. S- Sebastian, go ahead and sit, sit down, relax, get better, or I'm sorry, get healthy, and then let's let's get these guys some minutes and get these guys some work. And one of the guys that I'm not sure if this kid's gonna. I saw him in the summer with Cal Supreme. I'm not sure if he's going to play basketball. He's a football kid, quarterback, Justin Martin, mm-hmm. 6'3", 6'4", and he's a big-time athlete. Like okay. big, so he, he, if he plays basketball, he's going to add another layer to that team that's going to be uh, impressive. Okay. Uh, back to me right Mason. I'm looking at the roster right now, and a guy that stands out to me on this roster that we didn't mention was uh, Lewis Singletary. 5'10 point guard. Mm-hmm. He kind of reminds me of Brandon Porter the way he plays, right? Similar yeah. stature. Lewis is maybe a little bit taller, mm-hmm. but I, I like his game. Did, did you write any notes on him? Yeah, I, I, I think I mentioned when we talked about it. But yeah, Singletary, uh, him and uh, Jelani Williams. Jelani Williams, also a junior. Um, again, good guard play. They get to their spots. Yep. Um, good burst when the, when they do attack. and when they, they I had zero problem really getting to the rim. Uh, Singletary had a little trouble finishing, but you know, sophomore, you're gonna, he's going to grow out of that. But just the initial part of just getting to the rim and getting to the basket and then also creating for others. Uh, he did a really good job on Saturday. Yeah. And then also the guy we mentioned already, McIntosh, but that was another guy down low doing some work was Demarion Lowe. Yeah. I mean, he was in there just throwing guys around, yeah, he was. cleaning up. <laughs> he showed up late and so, came in and started bruising yeah. people. I <laughs> so good. He's, Coach B's got a really good balance, and uh, they're in a tough league. I mean, they're in with uh, Great Oak, uh, Temecula Valley, uh, Chaparral has got new coach Brad Smith, so I mean that is a very tough, well coached, competitive league. So yeah. they have their hands full, but at the same time, you know they'll give problems to those other teams. Yeah, and Santa Margarita was a late ad. We're gonna we're gonna move to Santa Margarita. They were late ad because very of nice a drop. of them. Um, yeah, Coach Justin Bell's first year on the job, and you know what? They're better than what I thought they were gonna be. <laughs> to be completely honest, like they they lost you know to Damian by they lost I think it was twenty points something like that. But yeah. here's the thing. If you have Jake Blazona on your team, you always have a chance to win a basketball game. That's my guy. <laughs> if the, so, I don't use a my guy a lot. Jake Blazona is my guy. I love the way that guy plays basketball. He's yeah. just constantly communicating. Yes. On both sides of the floor, uh, he doesn't overhandle. He he's you know 
5'9", 5'10". He's getting taller. He's getting stronger. His body looks better. I told him, I'm like, I'm glad you got your mom's jeans because I don't want you to look at your dad, Kevin. <laughs> I don't need you to be look, Kev, if you're out there listening, I, I, me and Jake were having some fun at your expense. Um, but I, I just love the way that guy plays. He gets off the ball. He knows where his guys want it to be able to be successful. Um, and then you have Celia Robbins, who's a very good junior. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aldo Ruiz or Ortiz, another very good junior, who uh, they just kind of play their roles. They know what they're about. They mm-hmm. guard, uh, you know, multiple positions. Um, yes. and, and Jack McCloskey, uh, he continues to add little things to his game. He still needs to put strength on that frame. But they have a nice little squad. Uh, the training league is going to be owned by Modern Day this year, as always. Mm-hmm. Um, but next year, if all those guys stay, and they have a six six six, six kid, Jalen Alexander, who transferred in, uh, who's another nice prospect, uh, they're going to be pretty good next year. Yeah, I agree. And I guess like you would, Coach Bell taking over, and of course, of course, uh, Coach Wolfgang over there too, uh, helping out. Um, I, I agree with Jake. Uh, Jake, just uh, your your typical point guard who you want to control the offense. Um, take your shots when you're there because you can shoot it. Uh, you can get to the basket, but just make others around you better. Yeah. And I thought he did that Saturday. Uh, Courtney Shan had some good moments. And then Kane Roberts, also a senior, um, had some good moments for Santa Margarita, too. So, yeah, they're starting over, kind of like Rancho Verde, starting over, plugging new guys into new situations. Yeah. Um, but just with the right coaching, the right player development, you know, they'll be able to get out there and compete. Yeah, I agree. I, I like what Coach Bell has there in the hopper for this year. They're going to take some, I think they're going to take some lumps. Right. But uh, next year, they're going to be, they're going to be pretty good. Uh, let's move to the Southwest. I brought in a, a team from Phoenix, Phoenix Prep. Um, these are probably guys that uh, that you got your really your first look at, first, right? First, one hundred percent. A lot look. of these guys I've seen at the the club level. Um, so they have they had Phoenix Prep Red, which is their their top team. Uh, I mean, they have two guys, DeAndre Henry and uh, Alem Husenovic, committed to Nevada. Kamani Kaimani Holt is going to Portland State. Okay. Um, I, they all they're both very good players. Um, Carter Van Hammond's a, a big time, you know, six nine forward. Uh, Jake Murphy, a big time shooter at six five. Um, they're a really solid team. Anthony Garza, big time forward. Uh, any guys on that team stand out to you? Uh, pretty much. So I mean, once, I said, yeah, once I the whole roster, yeah, right? yeah, pretty much once I pieced everybody together and and who was who. But again, just just credit to them for just coming out this way, yeah. just to get good games, not only for them but just to give these teams out here uh, just a different look. Yeah, and. Again, that's what I love about this. The showcase is just the variety and just the different styles that these teams had to play against. And and Phoenix Prep Red definitely definitely brought that for sure. And then the blue team, the one guy who stood out to me on the blue team was Mator Dahl, six ten yeah. center. I mean, he's 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 pretty skilled for for a, a young big man, right? I mean, legit six ten. Uh, can catch and finish around the basket with either hand. Uh, I was a big fan of his. Yeah, he was skilled, and then just watching him and Doc go at it when they took on uh, Canyon. Yeah, yeah, that that was that was one of the games, and that that game was to my right. So yeah, that that was that was fun. Both both guys really got after it, as if they had a point to prove. Right, and that's always fun to see these guys who don't really know each other. Yeah, the teams that don't really know each other's style of play. Like Nate came up to me and was like, "Hey, is Phoenix Blue any good?" I'm like, "Yeah, they're pretty good. They got a couple guys who could play Division One." Yeah, uh, and he's like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> so that, that game was fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they don't know anything about each other. And then it, it kind of shows, uh, it allows the coaches to, you know, exercise their IQ yes. and do in-game adjustments. Because, you know, when you're playing league games against teams you've seen for, you know, you're scouting them all year, you know exactly what they're doing. I think it's, I think it was, this was a good 
atmosphere for coaches to test themselves. Yeah, a lot of on-the-fly adjustments and just a, a lot of on-the-fly thinking and just adjusting and rotations and stuff like that. So. Yeah. We're go- let's go to a guy who uh, doesn't really need to adjust much over the last how many years he's been at Riverside Poly. <laughs> uh, Coach Yancey Dodson. Offensively, I mean, they are one of the most difficult teams to stop, no yes. matter what their personnel is. Obviously, Lamont Butler and Evan Oliver are two of the, you know, I mean, Evan Oliver, I think, is one of the most underrated guards mm-hmm. in Southern California. That dude just... He fills it up, and he's tough, and he plays hard. He knows how to play the game. And Lamont Butler going to San Diego State, we've covered him plenty. Mm-hmm. He's a big-time, all-around point guard. Um, I like Derek Rubido. I always tell you, Derek Rubido is my kind of player. Absolutely. He's, he'll guard anybody, not afraid of anybody. He'll dive no. on the floor for loose balls. Um, Yancey Dotson always has something, man. And Chance Stevens, the sophomore, I think he's going to he's gonna make some noise next two years. Yeah, fits right into that two-guard offense. And, again, I, I can't say enough about Coach Dotson. I, I tell him all the time, just, you know, you guys are one of the programs that remind me of what I was once part of when I was coaching. And mm-hmm. it's just they're really fun to watch. Um, just, just the group of how hard they play for each other and, and how they play with each other. Um, and I, I agree with – I mean, you can't say any – Lamont Butler. I mean, he's just so – one, he's good. I mean, it's it's going to be fun to watch him. Just like it's fun to watch a committed senior yeah. who's got their commitment out the way and then they, you know, all that stuff is just done. You don't got to worry about coaches calling you. You just get out there and play. Yeah. You know, that's all done. Um, I agree with Evan Oliver. Seen him since the uh, first time I saw him. He gave Etowanda 21 points as a, <laughs> as a freshman when he was at Citrus, was he? He was was Citrus, Citrus Valley. Valley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, who is this? Guy? <laughs> yeah. I mean, just no. I mean, he went after it. All, they kept Clutch kept switching guards and, and Evan kept attacking all of them. Yeah. But anyway, I agree with uh, Derek Rubido. Derek Rubido is is just basically a smaller version of an and not as as skilled offensively as the R.J. Smith or Devin Tillis. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But a playing guard, all five, like mm-hmm. completely fearless and the true epitome of a guy who can dominate a game without scoring zero points. Yeah. With, by scoring zero points. Yeah. Just his fingerprints are all over the game. Is taking charges, rotations, getting guys in the right spot on defense and offense. Um, and he's working on his offensive skill. He's working on the catch and shoot jumper, uh, working on the ball handle a little bit. Um, just you know, play a little bit of the guard. Gansey does allow him to initiate some of the sets. So, but again, they're they're going to be extremely fun to watch as always. And like you said, they're they're really tough to guard. Yeah, he's gonna Derek Rubido just for the little things that he does and the intangible he brings. He's gonna play at the next level. Somewhere. Absolutely, yeah. He's gonna I, play. Yeah, I've gonna, thrown his name at a few coaches yeah, already. He's, he's gonna play somewhere. Yeah. He's gonna play somewhere. It's conducive to program success at any level. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, another team who I was excited about coming out um, was Santa Clarita Christian. Mm. They got a big win over Damian, seventy three seventy. That was a fun game. Um, they have some players, man. They have some players. They had a guy that I've never seen before Who? too, and Ty Harper. Oh yeah, he's the kid from uh, he's from he was in Arizona last year. Okay, he originally checked into Fairfax. Uh, okay, to play for Steve Moore, and when uh, you know that whole ended thing up, fell through. Yeah, whole yeah. thing fell through, and, and Reggie Morris is there now. Ty Harper ended up at Santa Cruz Christian. Okay, he's a big time athlete, obviously, and you know he's a good defender, plays hard. But one of the guys who's breaking out as a potential Division One caliber player is Josh O'Garo. Yeah. 6'5", junior wing, uh, wing guard, uh, big-time athlete and finisher. Um, Caleb Lowry, he just keeps getting better I, and better. I love Caleb Lowry. He does so much yeah. for that team yeah. and, and doesn't care. He understands his role. I mean, there's some kid guys in their situation where, like, look, give me the ball. But, I mean, he just understands his role. He plays his role. Um, he gets his touches, and he, even, he gets in there, and he's going to crap out, you know, Ten and eight. Yeah, just no, on, no on, a, on a bad and night. And four block shots. Yeah, he's, four he's, block he's shot. developed into one of the better shot blockers in Southern Agreed. California. Honestly, he, he's a presence on both, and especially on the defensive end. Yeah, and the guy who makes it all that go for them, who is 
um, underappreciated is Caden Starr. Yes. Uh, six, seven, kind of a point forward. Um, but he just he just plays with such a uh, poise and confidence about him. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't force shots. And he just gets it off, you know, in transition, look ahead, uh, you know, he can he can score on the post. He's got great footwork. I yeah. mean, this is a guy who he he's probably gonna end up playing for his dad, Kelvin at Masters. <laughs> Same with Caleb Lowry. I believe they're both gonna go to Masters. Definitely, definitely products and, of coaches' kids. For right. Sure. For both of them are products of yeah. coaches' kids, like you said. And they're just really good at basketball. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That and just like you mentioned, Agaro. Agaro was really good. His handle's getting better. Um, he had that that I mean, yeah, the dunk was great, but just how he got into the dunk, pushed the break, reset assess things and then there's the gap and he punches the gap um uh kawan kanadi jump shots getting better he kind of was just kind of a an all-purpose guy but you can tell his catch and shoots gotten better and he's yep. working on that um but yeah they they, sh- they should have another good year out there out in the valley to give you a little background uh, you probably you might know this story um on ogaro so they uh his his uh, uh coach tried to get him into my camp late in august and okay. i was full Okay. And so I already had a couple guys in the camp from Santa Cruz Christian and Kennedy was one of them. And Ogaro came down with him. Okay. Didn't have his shoes, basketball shoes with him. And he comes and, you know, people drop last minute. So I had a yeah. couple drops and I was like, you know, do you have your shoes? You, you can play. Like came all the way down here to play. Didn't have his shoes. So they went to Dick's Sporting Goods. Bought some shoes, and Ogaro <laughs> came back and played. And, and he was great. And there was a Dick's Sporting Goods right down the street one from right, Beckman yeah, Tustin Marketplace. It was perfect. I love that. I love that. Perfect. So Ogaro's a gamer. That's, that's, that's really awesome. what I got out of that. And he showed that again uh, on Saturday. Let's move to – we got a couple more teams. Jay Sarah, uh, Justin Williams. A lot of their best players weren't able to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ian Martinez was on a visit to uh, the school he's committed to, y- Utah. Uh, Justin Williams – uh, had uh, like a small minor you know, surgery to remove something on his yeah, chest. No need to play. Uh, Francesco Bora, the the transfer from, um, I guess he plays was at Finley Prep. He's an Italian national, six eleven center. He's big. Like he was there, but he didn't play. But he's a big dude. That's who that was. Okay. Yeah, I was yeah, trying to figure. Yeah, that he's out. a big dude, Francesco <laughs> Bora. Um, but another new addition that they have, Isaac Peralta, yes. who was at Modern Day last year. He's gonna he's gonna come off the bench this year, mm. but he's gonna be very good. Agree. He had twenty points and a loss. Um, who'd they lose to? Phoenix Prep Red. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or Blue. No, they lost to Blue. A close game, overtime game. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that was that a close was an game. overtime game against Blue. Yeah. Um, Paxton Brazil played well, but Isaac Peralta had 20 points in that game, and, you know, he's just – he's one of those kids that, that's played so much, whether high-level club or mm-hmm. been around, uh, you know, varsity programs for a very long time. Um, he just knows how to play. He's a scorer. Yeah, he's a crafty little finisher. He's mm-hmm. on the smaller side. Um, he's five eleven, but he just puts the ball in the basket somehow. He just he's really confident. I like his game. Yeah, he's gotten better. I and mean, I saw him uh, at the soft fresh soft camp at at Pangos. To me, yeah. he stood out pretty well um, the Sunday that I was there. Um, but yeah, just his overall feel for the game and and you know it, it sounds kind of you know simple, but it's really not. Just knowing when to to attack and yeah. score, knowing when to create. You know, and just kind of probing and just, again, feel of the game, you know, kind of a, to understand that's kind of an underrated thing. 
Um, but yeah, the other sophomore. Um, but yeah, I, Isaac played well. The other sophomore, Alpha Chimbambe. 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 <laughs> Chimbambe. Yeah. yeah. So I he's mean, a newcomer. Yeah. So I mean, him. Those two look like they hit it off. Um, Nolan Bell had some good moments. A junior shooter. Yeah. He, he South County sh- shooter. <laughs> South County shooters. Exactly, man. They're out there too. Um, but again, another another good situation. Um, no, Justin Williams, Ian Martinez on his visit for just guys to get minutes and, yeah. and just to get reps and, and just get a feel for each other. I mean, and a lot again, of these guys haven't played together. Right. I, I I texted Keith after the game, thanked him for coming, and he's like, you know, it's really good for South County guys or Orange County guys to get out of yes, that little at, bubble. No doubt. And no play doubt. play against teams that they've never seen, play, teams players they've never seen before. <laughs> and that helps them, you know, see what, they're going to need to do in the playoffs because that's what happens in the playoffs a lot of the times, Matt. Yes. Your first round matchup is potentially a road game that uh, that's two hours away yeah. on a weekday yeah. and a team you've never seen. <laughs> yep. So this kind of helped people get into that that mold. And Alpha Chiambe, he reminds me a little bit of um, he's a bigger version of our guy Ofure Uja Dagele, who was at Chino Hills. Yes. Yeah. Kind of a little bit like yeah. that, you know, a powerful athlete, downhill driver. Um, and just like kind of a big time motor, mm-hmm. and he's going to be interesting to see if if he can develop and do, you know, a, a big time player in the Trinity League, and he has a chance to do that for sure. Who are we missing? So we talked about almost everybody. Your boys at La Mirada? Yeah, La Mirada and Sonora. Sonora, La Mirada. I think Two North one. Orange County <laughs> tough North Orange County teams. Let's start with La Mirada. My guy Randy Aronios. He was another late ad. Thank you so much for, to him for coming out. Um, they got a, a transfer, George Ochoa from mm-hmm. uh, well. Orange Lutheran. Um, you know, we've seen George plenty mm-hmm. over the last couple of years, and he's just he's got uncanny ball skills for a six seven strong yeah. <laughs> six seven forward. Um, and he's just wired to score it. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what he did. One of the guys that you know I've seen a couple times covering uh, their league games uh, was Jalen Reyes. I like his his game a lot. He's crafty, quick, uh, lefty, makes smart decisions. Lefty, you love the lefties. <laughs> Uh, makes good decisions. Um, anybody else stand out in that game for you? I was going to go with Jalen Reyes, too. Okay. And just, again, just um, coach does a good job. And, you know, La Mirada is always tough. And then they're going to get out and compete. But I agree. I thought Jalen Reyes was really good. Just read, uh, reading the high screens, uh, seeing the floor, and just being a little more comfortable out there as a, you know, as a senior, going mm-hmm. in as a senior. So, I mean, they're, they're going to be tough. He's going to have his guys ready. You know, the Matadors of La Mirada. So yeah, yeah. Randy, Randy does a great job over there. Uh, great guy, too. Works hard. Um, does. Yeah, he does. Let's move to Sonora. This is the last team on the list, I believe. Let's make sure we're not missing anybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got everybody. We got everybody so far. Perfect. Sonora. <laughs> I love Raiders. Murphy. Coach Murph. Coach Murph. Sonora made their way out. Um, two guys who I really like, obviously, and everyone really likes these guys when they see him play. Daniel Esparza, mm-hmm. Marquee Worthy. <laughs> Mar- they're... they're, they're Two different styles of player, but they work so well together. Yes. Like, Esparza's the lightning bolt, kind of break you down in isolation, pull up jumpers, get to the basket, make it look pretty. Mm-hmm. And Worley's just, I'm going to bulldoze <laughs> right through you, and you're not stopping me because I'm 6'2", 185, oh, 90 pounds of muscle. He might be one of the best big men in Southern California. Right, he's just, I mean, <laughs> yeah, at 6'2". I mean, it's one thing six, that, three. What, that game, I was Riverside Poly and, and uh, Sonora. Uh, I was watching that game closely on court one. Um, and, yeah, I mean, just watching Worthy and then watching Sonora play Colony later on court one. Uh, I mean, just Sonora got, I, I, I think that was really good for them to come out 
and ju- and just play a team like Poly, like you say, it was hard to guard, and then play in another a high tempo team like Colony. Yeah, you know, you two teams that one team slows you down, one team speeds you up or tries to speed you up. But yeah, um, can't say enough about Asparza. Uh, a great kid. He's playing well. Stock's going up. But yeah, Marquee Worthy was just no nonsense yeah, down Yeah, I love that guy. I mean, just, and when I mean best, I mean, there's guys who are big and just, okay, yeah, I'm going to use her body, but he's got sense down there. He plays he off two feet. There's no BS. There's no one dribble, two dribble. It's just, I got my spot. I know I'm in position. Yeah. So I'm going up strong off two with two, and you're not going to stop me. Um, Polly kind of slowed him down a little bit, or at least tried to, but Colony had zero answer. No. They kept switching guys, and DeFabius was losing his mind and beat him to the spot. And it just, it just going nuts. It's but, tough because he doesn't look like he's fast, and then all of a sudden he's downhill, and you're not yeah, getting in that, front of him. And that's another thing is, as much as as Murphy was trying to get him the ball down low, um, just what the offense they're running. And I think uh, having Tobin Egros over the weekend would. I was yeah, oh, I man. love Tobin. That, Tobin's a good player. That would have just got Daniel off the ball a little more. Um, have him play, you know, more shooting. And then um, just, I think the games would have been a little different. Yeah. Um, but just watching Daniel go against Lamont and then, um, you know, Marquis going at, at Denim Dawson. And it was just really, I think Murphy's doing a good job with this personnel. Yep. Um, Cam- Cameron Calcote had some good moments. And then Ian uh, Jones is good too. Ian Jones yeah, is another player. one. Ian Jones hit open shot. He's going to get a lot of open shots. Yes. A guy like him, a guy like John Hogan, um, it's just how they're spreading things out. Um, there is an inside presence with Worthy. Is it? Yeah, they have another six six guy though. I think Garrett Bell. He he Garrett started Bell last was, year. Yes, and he was right? not there, and so. he wasn't there, and he's a good player too. Yes, he he's a good player. Um, I saw them in the summer, and they use Bell, you know, within the offense. You know, he he gets his touches. I mean, he understands his role. So it, it would have been nice to see them all together. Yeah, but you can see the potential of just how they are. They're going to be able to attack people on the perimeter. And and in the league games, you know how it is. Things slow down, so you got to get buckets. Especially and, in that league. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That so, league is that league is it might not feature like a bunch of high level teams, but those but dudes want to kill each other. Yes, it is extremely competitive and extremely physical. So when you can have a guy like Worthy to lean on in a late game to where hey, get a bucket or get to the line, I mean that's really good to have in your back pocket. So the Ra- the Raiders are going to be very entertaining, and they're going to be uh, they're going to be a tough team to watch. Woo. That was fun. That's Way like, to blow day. That's like we got an cover, hour man. of straight <laughs> evaluations on. Every single team <laughs> at the inaugural Who's Why Ugwin Fall inaugural. High School Showcase. Well said, as opposed inaugural. to the first, first annual. It's not, if, you, if you're running an event for the first time, I'm going to give some advice before we, we sign off here. Yes. If you're running an event for the first time, either call it the first or the inaugural. The first annual is not correct. It is You, you do not say that. I see it all the time. Um... I know why people don't understand that because you know first annual you, people say second annual third annual, but the first annual is just it's just not kosher. It doesn't sound right. It doesn't. It's it not d- it. <laughs> inaugural, the very first ever of all time, the very first thing we've ever done. Th- those are all work. First annual, <laughs> the very first thing we've ever done, not work. But again, Maddie, thanks you for uh, driving all absolutely, the way down to absolutely, absolutely, not a problem. Break this down while Ronnie's in Vegas. A uh, huge shout out to all the coaches who made their way out to Seriously. Colony. I hope you're getting your nostrils back from that cow smell. I know it's a little <laughs> different with the the farm on basically on the campus. Basically, yes. Um, but that provided another layer of of um, what do you want to call it? Experience or another yeah. layer of uh, yeah. What are people calling it now? Uh, culture. Culture. Yeah, you're just getting cultured yeah. out there and and the you know, sixty freeway and the cows, baby. The sixty freeway and the cows. <laughs> Big shout out to Colony High School and everyone who helped me put that on. 
we will be well. Ronnie, I'll be back next week. Maddie Kovac might join us uh, another down down the road another time. And Ronnie's at the Pangos Frost Off Camps in the various regions that Dinos is doing those. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, Jeez. yeah. Uh, we're, are you going to go be at uh, Cal State LA this weekend on Saturday? For no, I will not be. Oh. I will, I'll be hanging out with some of the mid majors and checking out some of the smaller teams. Okay, I will be at. That's going to be. I'm yeah. not sure they're calling it the Rolling Hills <clears throat> Prep. Fall, fall showcase classic yeah, Any, one of those things yeah it's gonna be a big time event so if you're around the cal state los angeles area get there early get there early <laughs> uh get there early because <laughs> parking's gonna fill up but uh for devin uglin and maddie kovac that'll do it for episode 41 of the in the paint show make sure to find us on soundcloud spotify itunes anywhere you stream your podcasts we are there and until next week we are signing off